Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove. Today joined by Lee Ryder. Um, another quiet week on the transfer front. Lee, um, you wrote a story over the last few days that actually there's been no bids mm. made by Newcastle United um, the hierarchy, which seems bizarre and many fans will be maybe scratching their heads and just thinking, well, with six weeks to go until the window closes, the World Cup as well underway. Mm. Benitez has won to get things sorted pretty quickly, we know what he's like. It does seem a bit of a bizarre stance to be currently in. Yeah, I mean, I think that was said on the previous podcast, uh, the one that we've done before the World Cup. I think you asked me, do you think we'll get any business done before the World Cup? I think at that point, there was a fortnight before the tournament kicked off. And and I said, I think we'll get Dubravka done, which was already, it was a tap-in really, that was already done. Uh, and I said, I don't think they will get it. Uh, anything else over the line just because it seems a little bit I wouldn't say chaotic but it, 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 it seems to be a little bit of tension behind the scenes in terms of Rafa hasn't signed his contract why hasn't he signed his contract because he hasn't had the assurances what the assurances he's looking for he's looking for uh, you know the money to spend he wants to build something going forward hasn't been given the green light to do that so then there's that sort of situation where they think, well, we don't know how long is the manager going to stay here, so how much money should we give them to spend? These are questions that you know really you know only managing director Lee Charnley or Mike Ashley, which will never happen, uh, will be able to answer. And sadly, it's it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a mess. And um, I think really the fans deserve to see some new faces. I know the season tickets have gone up by twenty percent. Uh, for some supporters, it's quite a big price hike, uh, and I think really, if you're a season ticket holder, you, you know you do want to know what the incentives are for next season. And at the moment, there aren't really any. You know, we don't know if the managers staying beyond 2019, uh, and there's no real signs, not no signings, even on the horizon that you would say will be you know marquee signings. And I think that that's always important uh, for the fans. You want you know somebody a big name coming through the door and that sadly isn't happening at, at this stage you mentioned season ticket prices there and the club might argue well actually you're kind of playing paying championship prices for Premier League football so the price wise was sort of inevitable but you do make a point that if Newcastle had gone out and signed two players plus Dubravka the whole situation would have been changed mm. and the fans would be no we will pay that extra £100 £120 whatever it might be because the club not even showing ambition, but they're just showing a willingness to back Rafa Benitez. Yeah, I mean, that's it. And, you know, the season ticket prices, yeah, it was inevitable they were going to go up at some stage. The timing hasn't been great. Um, you know, in the, in the interest of fairness, I mean, I, I've got members of my family who've got season tickets who signed up for the long-term deal. And, you know, I think they got, they got really good value. I couldn't believe the prices that they were paying for season tickets. So... It kind of swings around about, but if you if you have had that price hike, you do want to see uh, someone coming in. There's nothing better than a, a big name signing coming in at Newcastle. I mean, I've I'm probably one of the more seasoned um, observers of the club, and you know I was around when Shearer signed the the record deal. That was fantastic. Uh, but even the other ones like you know Les Ferdinand coming in, that, that was a, a brilliant day because you knew you'd signed quality. Newcastle are a million miles away from signing players like that these days. Um, whether they're even bringing Premier League ready players this summer, I, I find it hard to believe. I think when we did write that story of the week, uh, that Rafa's shopping in the bargain basement, some people were like, oh no, no, you've got that one wrong. Uh, you, you definitely get money because there's TV money, but 
but as this is unfolding, as this is unraveling, it's pretty obvious that Newcastle haven't got a great deal to spend and if they spend more than they even did last summer, um, that could be a surprise. Unless, of course, they sell the likes of Mitrovic uh, and Bemba and Sells and get good good money for them. I mean, from your understanding, what is Rafa feeling at the moment? You know, is he feeling a bit frustrated perhaps that mm. we've got to the World Cup and he's only managed to sign a player who, no disrespect to, to maybe Lee Charlie, whoever was working on the deal, the deal was yeah. in place back in January and all he had to do was kind of, you know, cross the yeah. T's and dot the I's, so to speak. Is there frustration, Bruin? Yeah, I would say there is. And I think Rafa, he, he's such an organised football man. This is the thing, Newcastle, in the past, they've, they've ran the club on business logic. They've now got a proper football man who knows how to wheel and deal in the market. He knows how to bring, you know, how much did he get for Wijnaldum and Sissoko? It was astronomical. 23 million, I think, for Wijnaldum and so, so, a lot, a lot of money. Um, and I know the club are trying to say that some of the figures are inaccurate and they're meant to be like staggered payments but even then ultimately they'll have that money in the end so they've got to speculate to accumulate and I think for Rafa he, he would have preferred to have those four or five signings through the door first day of pre-season training and then every single player's already reading off the same same hymn sheet so to speak so but it doesn't look like that's going to happen really with 12 days to go into pre-season training doesn't look like it's uh, whether they even get one in in the next 12 days it, it normally t I think the Lejeune deal last year I think it took between 6 and 8 weeks from start to finish and we've only got 7 weeks left of this window so and they can only they only seem to be able to work on one deal at a time like the big clubs like Chelsea and Arsenal and Man United seem to be able to do like 3 or 4 in the big clubs you look at like Huddersfield like Brighton yeah whereas Newcastle just they're struggling they've got a lot of work to do in the the remainder of the window is it a case that Newcastle just aren't learning from their mistakes because we were sort of in this position last summer where it took a bit of time you mentioned mm. the Lejeune deal um, is it a case that what do you think is happening in the, in the, in the car doors of St James's Park or, or where Benton where they, they literally just seem not to be learning from their, their, their mistakes well it starts at the very top and the, the fact of the matter is Mike Ashley just sees Newcastle United as another part of his business empire and it will be he'll cut his cloth accordingly with it and there'll be a certain amount to spend on players and there won't be any wriggle room on that at all it, that'll be the, the price it's a long process for Rafa to go to Lee Charnley with a player name and a price then Lee Charnley goes to Ashley then Ashley tells Lee Charnley yes or no it's been no a lot of times this summer and then Charlie has to go back to Rafa and and tell him what the price is um, and, and what how much they've got to spend so you'd like to think they could learn from the mistakes but the fact of the matter is is that because it's run on such a tight budget there's no there's no wriggle room as I say on that and basically Rafa's going to have a frustrating seven weeks ahead. Do you think Rafa's already on to his, his third, fourth choice? As, you know, last summer it was getting Josh Lewin again, no disrespect to mm. Josh Lewin. Brilliant work ethic, but he wasn't by any means the first choice for mm. Benitez. Do you feel at this point already that Benitez has already gone past his first, maybe even second choice? Well, 
I think you we spoke to him over in Spain uh, when they had the wasn't a mid-season training camp because the season was nearly finished but it was the warm weather training camp and we you know we sat and spoke to him and he you know he, he told us that they had 500 players on the database who had scouted so all the scouting work's been done uh, but Newcastle haven't been able to whittle that down I think I mean Townsend for example was uh, I think Newcastle uh, well Rafa felt that 20 million could have been spent on bringing him here but Crystal Palace shot the price up on that one so that one's probably not going to happen Rafa's not going to get over 20 million out of Newcastle at St Andrews Townsend Rondon's another one where he was a six, I think he's got a 16 million release clause Rondon was probably top of Rafa's list in terms of a striker but now uh, that one doesn't seem like it's going to happen because signing on fees, wages is going to spiral that deal, and you know they, they just haven't got that amount. They haven't got that amount of money to spend. That the you know Hostelu, as you mentioned, was five million last year. Those are the the majority of those players that Rafa signs this year are going to be the bargain basement. Do you think Rafa will still be fighting? Because we know how he wants to to. Well, we see the transfer window. It's not necessarily about the budget. Yeah, he wants to be able to spend. If he has forty million, he wants to be able to spend thirty million on one player. Mm. Do you think he's going to get the chance to do that, or do you think it'll still be the way it is? I suppose through Charlie and then up to Mike Ashley. I'd be surprised if he got thirty or forty million to sign on one player because that would, that's pretty much the whole budget. Thirty between thirty and forty million could even be less if if things uh, if things go the way they're going. But um, I think. You know, it would be nice to see Newcastle smash that transfer record this summer, but um, as I say, seven weeks they've got it all to do. So you can't rule out, you can't rule out anything, but by the same token, you, the vibes I'm getting uh, are Newcastle are struggling in the window and Rafa's just continually getting frustrated with the situation. He won't walk away, um, they won't show him the door either, by the same token. So it just looks like it's just going to grind down to, you know, next season. Un- unless, of course, someone, you know, gets their act together. And I-, I would like to see Rafa and Mike Ashley get in a room and you know have a good conversation, a good healthy conversation about where where the club's going, what he can do. And I think really Ashley would would listen. Um, but they're just two different guys, completely. You know, Mike Ashley's the. The bloke who likes to go to the pub and have a few beers, Rafa's very, you know, serious about his football. Doesn't drink, uh, you know, he's fascinating company, but he's he's not. It, it seems like oil and water, mm. the the owner and the manager, and maybe that's um, the, the proof now is, is sort of coming out in this window where they haven't they haven't signed the players that everyone expected them to be. Because I mean, we get to I think what's they come back on the second is it the second of their. Uh, uh, July for pre-season training and uh, obviously then head over to Ireland if you get to that stage and there's nobody new through the door I mean not just the fans but the players going to look and start to think well you know we, we, we got lucky last season I think they'll be the first to admit that 10th place was above and beyond what anyone expected mm-hmm. they start looking around and thinking well you know we worked ourselves into the ground last season where's where's the where's the, the ambition mm-hmm. from the board yeah I mean by the time we go to Ireland, you'd like to think they'll have at least at least one through the door. In Ireland last year, things began to happen when we were over there. 
Um, I remember being in the hotel reception and a certain Jacob Murphy was sitting there uh, before he'd even put pen to paper. So that was quite nice because we had the had the exclusive on it because we could actually see him sitting in front of us. Um, and then if, I think a day, day or so later, Mankio arrived as well in Ireland. So yeah, things things will be hopefully in full swing by then. Um, but it's it's going to be the you know as I say bargain buys like um, Hoslu seems to be picking up that stereotype now, doesn't mm-hmm. he? So straight. I mean, obviously, one name over in Turkey is the Besiktas midfielder. And I'm going to have a go pronouncing this. Everyone knows that sometimes I get the names drastically wrong, so we'll have a go. Ogizan Isaacup. I think I've done alright there. Um, but now. He was, he's been linked continuously, he's had a bit of uh, a, a farcical time with his contract, he's out yeah. of contract, re- he's now re-signed a contract I think to get rid of, there's a certain sell-off here with Arsenal which I think Pazekadas are trying to, to deal with. A few weeks ago we said, no, he's been watched but he's not top of the list. What's your understand now, reports in Turkey saying, well actually now a deal has been booed, we know what the reports are like in Turkey, you know, you take each one with a pinch of salt, I mean is there anything in that? I think he's a player that's been pushed in Newcastle's direction. I don't think they they are actively chasing him. Whether it's a deal that could happen, we'll have to wait and see. But it, you know, he seems to be getting pushed and towered around. Like a lot of the names, um, even this week. I mean, you've had um, Antonio, Antonio from West Ham, West Ham yeah. being pushed forward. There was another one who was from the same agent. So when you've been when you've kind of like been on the football circuit for a while, um, you do start, you can work a few things out. Mm. And I think there's a lot of agents, this time of year, there's a lot of agents pushing the names of the players. And Newcastle is always a club that they seem to like pick because, I don't know, because maybe just because they're a newsy club to cover and they know that they'll get a lot of publicity if they tag Newcastle's name on onto their player. And uh, I, I think I mean, we we check every name out, and if it's right, we'll say it, and if if it's wrong, we'll also put that out there, which can get a few interesting replies on Twitter when you do that. But then the day would you'd rather make sure people know rather than misleading them on on transfers. So, so at the moment, not to well, not a single bid's gone in. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you could rule a few of them out, I suppose. Uh, Daniel Sturridge again being offered to Newcastle. I mean, you would say, given the fact that I think he played three games for West Brom and then got injured again, mm. um, the fact he turned Newcastle yeah. down. I mean, surely you, you. I mean, we don't know how desperate Benitez is going to be in the next few weeks, but maybe he's going to be that desperate. But at this moment, my opinion, I surely that's got to be a no. I would say it's going to be a no. Um, the Newcastle were very annoyed with what happened in January when he snubbed them. Uh, but then I've seen it, I've seen things resurrected again. Uh, Lord Remy, for instance, he knocked a whack, didn't he, when he went to QPR originally, and he ended up being a Newcastle player. Um, so it it can happen where you know there's a change of heart on on one side of the camp. But Sturridge has got a lot of proof, hasn't he? Um, He's got the injury kind of tag with him as well, hasn't he? So uh, it it could be a decent signing, but it would be a massive gamble at fifteen million. And whether Newcastle 
decide to, to go down that road, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Are you castling for another goal, goalkeeper? We know, obviously, Martin Tuboff is coming, he's going to be yeah. the number one. Yeah. Benitez still doesn't really seem to show about Darlow and, and Elliot is, is at the backups. Woodman looks like he's going to go out on loan to get a bit more first team football. Again, linked to the, to the PSG goalkeeper again today with Bortz in France again, you take that with a pinch of salt. Yeah. But you understand Newcastle looking for someone to bring in? Uh, I am. Um, what basically the situation is Dubravka will start the season at number one. Uh, Darlow has been offered a deal which he hasn't signed yet because I think he's looking to get. Basically, a wage packet similar to Dubravka's, rather than uh, you know lesser pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all that, I still think if Newcastle got a tempting offer on either Darlow or, or Rob Elliott, then they would probably look to to move one of them on and then bring in someone else. Hence, all these other goalkeepers you're seeing linked. I think Rafa. You know, he always everyone always wonders. He seems to have a, an obsession with goalkeepers, but it's the the style of play that he's looking for. And I think while Darlow, he likes Darlow, he knows he can rely on him. It's, he's not the style of goalkeeper that he wants. Dubravka is, he rushes out and squeezes the fence out very quickly. Um, same with Rob Elliott, he's not really a super keeper, is he? He's, um, he's more of a, an old school stopper. And I think ideally you would like you would like all these goalkeepers to be of the same style eventually um, but whether he stays beyond 2019 we, we don't know but ultimately I think you would like to send a young goalkeeper who could be at the club for a number of years uh, Woodman wise you know, you've written you understand that he's, he's going to be loaned out to maybe yeah. Championship League 1 is that with a view to him coming back and potentially next season obviously Rafa or being well being cast out of my and rivaling Dubravka eventually because we know Woodman's very ambitious, mm. he wants first team football. We know there's there's suitors out there who do like him, you know, maybe some in the Premier yeah. League. Do you think Newcastle can have a fight not just to, I mean, they're going to have a fight, maybe keep yeah. him at the club if this time next season he's not maybe giving it a chance to prove himself as, as number one? I think he, he needs a full season next year where he plays. He needs to get like 40 or 50 games under his belt in a season hasn't really had that. Newcastle were reluctant to let him go on loan in the first half of last season and that caused a little bit of unrest uh, for Woodman. You know, he, he is ambitious. Uh, you, you look at someone like Angus Gunn who was at Norwich and he kind of like, he's overtaken him a little bit on the, because he's thinking internationally as well. I mean, he speaks to Gareth Southgate all the time uh, because of the close association with his dad and Gareth Southgate. and. At the end of the day, putting aside family ties, Freddie Woodman's a very talented goalkeeper. He's one of the finest young English goalkeepers out there. So he needs to go out on loan, and um, whether that's League One or the Championship, it's it's up to the agent to find him that opportunity. He went up to Aberdeen last year, played a few games for them, but it didn't really it didn't work out the way everyone expected it to he ended up being on the bench and there's absolutely no point going all the way up to Aberdeen and sitting on the benches so so he needs to find a, a club um, that he can trust to give him the game time and then maybe one or two or three years down the line he could get his opportunity in Newcastle but don't forget he's only got two years left on his contract so who knows do you foresee 
him potentially going to Ireland with a pre-season camp, along with maybe Victor Fernandez, maybe Dan Bollies. I mean, are there, are there some players you do expect to be on that plane? Uh, I think you'll take a you'll take a sprinkling of young players. Um, did that last year. Freddie Woodman might start in the pre-season camp and then be loaned out later. Sean Longstaff, he's a player that they want to have a, a closer look at, uh, so he could get promoted to the senior squad. Could play in one of the friendlies, but again, he's another one who needs to go on loan. So there's a f- there's a few names in there, but I would say Sean Longstaff is the one that they want to have a look at because physically he's really come on leaps and bounds. He, he's you know he's played nearly every game in League One mm-hmm. with Blackpool. And he's more than capable. I know there's a few championship clubs sniffing around him, so I, I expect him to end up in a championship club. But yeah, then you'll probably see if a couple of youngsters get a chance in in pre-season. I'm just finding just want to mention the championship because obviously Newcastle are going to have a budget which isn't really going to allow them to manoeuvre uh, with the maybe the top six, top eight in the Premier League. Say if it is maybe 40, 50 million plus yeah. their sales. But you look at some of the prices being paid in the championship. You know, Madison off the list for twenty-two million. Yeah, he's only played one full season in the championship. That's yeah. it. Twenty-two million. I mean, surely you have to maybe sitting there and think, well, if I do just get forty million, even if I do then go and sell Mbemba for ten, you're paying twenty-two million for a kid who's never. Well, it's crazy, and it? it's out, out of proportion in some ways because you you mentioned twenty-two million for Madison there, but you've got someone like Stoke City putting in a cheeky £10 million pound bid for Dwight Kale and it's like it, you can't have it both ways it's like it's either the market is how it is and it's the same for everyone or you know Newcastle have got to they've got to harden up and I think that's what they do Dwight Gale just laughed off the £10 million. Um, you know you'd be looking to get double that I would say for someone like Dwight Gale not is he a £20 million pound player hard to say but the market's completely changed isn't it so and that's that's why it gets right back to what we're talking about Newcastle's budget. You know, if they've only got a budget of thirty or forty million, and they've got clubs paying twenty-two million for youngsters, then you know Newcastle, they're not going to get very far. No, so, I mean, and just finally, just we, te- we tend to ask you this question. I think every time we do a podcast, but over the next week between now and when we do the next one, do you foresee anything happening, or do you think it's going to be all quiet? I'd like to think. They might get maybe one player in before, one more player in before July the second. Um, but they need to get. It's what is it? The nineteenth day, isn't it? So yeah. they they need to get the they need to get moving quite quickly on it. Um, so the, yeah, they might get one in, and then after that, they might sort of trickle in um, around the island time. But you know it. One who knows Mike actually might wake up one day in a great mood and just go right. Let's give Rafa exactly what he wants and, and get on with it. Um, you just don't. It's that type of businessman where you you can't predict them and he can't catch out uh, by surprise. But generally, let's be honest. Ninety percent of the time in the last ten years since Keegan walked away, it's been a it's been a tough grind, hasn't it? So I think Newcastle fans are knowledgeable enough to realise that um, there's not going to be any miracles anytime soon. Do you think, and again the answer is probably going to be probably not, but 
looking at those opening fixtures I mean I know everyone's got to play everybody and mm. you know, you're in the Premier League so that's expected but it's a tough opening a few weeks for Newcastle mm. do you think that might have set alarm bells ringing for, for Mike Ashley and thinking well actually I might have to pull my finger out here and, and actually go out and back him uh, no, I don't think there'll be alarm bells ringing from his point of view. I think from from Rafa's point of view, he'll be like, "We need to get players through the door." Uh, unless you want to be rooted to the bottom of the table in September, um, but Ashley, I, I, I just think un- unless unless one of the people he has around him rings him up and says, "You're going to lose uh, a load of money if you don't get this sorted," then. Uh, We'll just bob along the way it is, unfortunately. Um, and the people around him, they don't seem to challenge him, do they? They just seem to accept whatever he says. And almost, almost like it's like a football manager likes to have an assistant who will disagree with them. I don't think anyone really disagrees with Mike Ashley around him, and that's only a problem. You've got Lee Charnley, who's you know runs a club on a day-to-day basis. But I don't really think he gets in Ashley's face and says, we've got to sign somebody. I don't think he puts enough pressure on him. I might be wrong. You know, Maybe Lee might come on a podcast with you and answer a few questions, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, I think Justin Barnes is in the background, a sports direct guy. He's basically doing all the financial figures. And then you've got like Keith Bishop, who's the PR man. Um, and the, he'll advise what what goes in the paper and what, what doesn't um, on certain stories so you know it would be, be nice if Mike actually got the bug back but it just feels like that um, the ship sailed on that it's a long time since Mike actually had his black and white shirt on and was sitting having a pint at uh, Arsenal <laughs> more than 10 years but fingers crossed he can improve, uh, improve the Cast United fans wrong uh, thank you very much for joining us. You can over at chroniclelive.co.uk where we'll keep you up to date with all the latest Cast Night news and also check out our World Cup special podcast with Sean McCormick and Mark Douglas that can be found over on all the usual podcast platforms. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe and share the podcast, whether that be through iTunes, Spotify or whichever platform you may be listening through. And if you want to get involved with the podcast, you can do so via our social media channels. We're over on Twitter at Chronicle NUFC and on Facebook at the same handle, Chronicle NUFC. We want your questions, your topics, your feedback. So why don't you drop us a line and get in touch?